Hear now the word of the Lord. Um, I'm going to switch things up on you. This is the Paul's letter to the Romans, verses 1 and following. Then what shall we say that Abraham, what did he discover? For if Abraham was vindicated by observances, he has a boast, although not before God. For what does Scripture say? And Abraham had faith in God, and it was accounted to uprightness on his part. But to someone who labors, the reward is reckoned not according to grace, but according to what is owed. To someone not laboring, however, but placing faith upon him who makes the impious upright, his faithfulness is accounted to uprightness. For the promise to Abraham or to his seed, that he should be heir to the world, came not through law, but through the uprightness of faithfulness. For if the heirs are so by law, faithfulness has been evacuated, and the promises annulled. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there transgression. Hence, it is from faithfulness, and thus according to grace, so that the promise should be firm for all God's people. Not only for that of the law, but for that of the faithfulness of Abraham, who is father to us all. As has been written, I have appointed you father of many nations. Before him in whom he had faith, God. God, who gives the dead life and calls forth the things having no existence as having existence. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I must say on this day, these scripture passages are great mining for the mystics of this world. They are stories that we enter and go into this place of unknowing. And yet, in unknowing, we know God's love through Jesus Christ, His Son. Here now, too, the Gospel reading. This is John chapter 3, verses 1 and following. And let me just offer one word of instruction. John has these long speeches. And so, if you are like me, sometimes your mind rests on a phrase, or a word, or a symbol. Stay with that place. Stay in that place. And then if you want to catch up later, that's great. But John is so evocative of good things. Stay with those good things when you find them. The story. Now there was a man, one of the Pharisees, whose name was Nicodemus, a ruler of the Judeans. This this man came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi... We know that you have come here as a teacher from God, for nobody can produce these signs that you perform unless God is with him. In reply, Jesus said to him, Amen, amen. I tell you, unless someone is born from above, he cannot see, he or she cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? 
Jesus replied, Amen, Amen. I tell you, unless a man is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed because I have told you it is necessary for you to be born from above. The Spirit, it respires where it will. And you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. Such is everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can this happen? Jesus replied and said to him, You are a teacher of Israel, and you do not know these things? Amen, amen. I tell you that we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, and you people do not accept our witness. If you do not believe what I have told you of things upon the earth, how will you believe what I tell you of things of heaven? And no one has gone up into heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, do you remember that story? Jesus would lift up the staff with his head of a snake on top of it, and all God's foes would be defeated. And Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent's head in the desert, so it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. That everyone having faith in Him, that everyone having faith in Him might have the life of the age. For God so loved the cosmos as to give the Son the only one, so that everyone having faith in Him might not perish, but have the life of the age. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, bless us on this day as we lift up Your love, especially as we see it in community, as we see Jesus at work amongst us. Amen. On this day, we begin, of course, by lifting up those voices that are often not heard, namely the voices of women. Women's voices are unheard too often in the history books. Women's gifts are forgotten in the records that largely men have kept over the years. The spirit of strong women are unmentioned in the bookcases of history. Oftentimes, history, women's voices are left unmarked in the hymn books. We already talked about that. But thanks be to God, a new book is being written in heaven. Light is shining on shelves being newly fastened by the Spirit of God through churches. Thanks be to God for the strength of women in creating the more peaceable kingdom inaugurated by Jesus the Christ. We know and we celebrate, we proclaim that Jesus honored the Spirit of God in every person, every man, every woman. And thanks be to God, this month we are celebrating the gifts of women. This day is, in fact, as I said, International Women's Day. I give thanks for these hymns that have been chosen so that we are reminded of the gifts of all God's people. And to begin this uh, meditation, as we again celebrate women, in, this, in, the, in the sense of remembrance and protest, I wish to draw upon the great poet 
Edna St. Vincent Millay. My grandmother Deary loved her. She loved Millay. She loved her clarity and ability to lift up. Ooh, did you hear that? To lift up. This is going to be our clarion call this morning. To lift up is going to be our theme as we consider the call of Jesus. Well, my grandmother loved lifting up the poetry of Edna St. Vincent Millay in terms of the ethical opportunities in which we can choose, in which we can choose life or choose death. Here now, Edna's poem, Conscientious Objector. I shall die, but that is all that I shall do for death. I hear death leading his horse out of the stall. I hear the clatter on the barn floor. He is in haste. He has business in Cuba. Business in the Balkans. This is before World War II. Many call to make this morning. But I will not hold the bridle when he cinches the girth. And he may mount by himself, but I will not give him a leg up. Though he flicks my shoulders and arms with his whips, I will not tell him where the fox ran. With his hoof on my breast, I will not tell him where the black boy hides in the swamp. I shall die. But that's all I shall do for death. I am not on his payroll. I will not tell him the whereabouts of my friends nor of my enemies either. Though he promises me much, I will not map him the route to any man's door. Am I a spy in the land of the living that I shall deliver men and women to death? Brothers and sisters, the password and the plans of our town are safe. They are safe with me. Never through me shall you be overcome. Never through you shall we be overcome. These are challenging words. Challenging words which I cannot claim as my own unless I am strengthened and lifted up by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. With Jesus, we as community can work for justice. With Jesus, we can embody agape love. With Jesus, we can work for peace. With Jesus, we'll have the courage not to tell the whereabouts of our friends. Only through Jesus can we have the guts. Can we have the guts and the strength not to share the whereabouts of our enemies. That kind of strength that kind of solidarity, that kind of agape love, that kind of fortitude to love our enemies, it comes from someplace else. It comes from someplace outside of ourselves. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, chapter 4, verse 17, shares his personal experience about where such courage comes from. It comes from God. God who gives the dead life and calls forth the living, having no existence as having existence. God, the reshaper of the cosmos, gives the dead life and calls forth the things having no existence as having existence. This is good news. 
In other words, you might not think, you might not think that you have the strength or the power or the wisdom or the grace or the beauty or whatever it is to do what you need to do, but God's going to transform you and all people through this resurrection power. Believe in His Spirit. It makes all things new. And in becoming new, we are lifted up as Christ was lifted up. Brought from life to death and lifted up to new life. Such a life doesn't happen because He said the magic word. Say the magic word. There's no magic words. It happened through a blossoming relationship, a transparent relationship, a a relationship of prayer. One that was always growing and being nurtured and fostered. Jesus, you see, was always going deeper. Always going deeper. Jesus in prayer and in story and in storytelling and in power and growing deeper in His relationship with God, the Creator, trusted that He would be lifted up. That was the story as He knew it. Jesus opened Himself, making Himself vulnerable so that His whole being was love. There was no way for the dark to come inside of Him, no way that He would betray His friends or his family, or even his enemies, or in Edna's words, that Jesus was not on the payroll of death, willing to give up even his enemies. Ooh, I love that. Guys, folks, let's not be on the payroll of death this week. No thanks. Jesus was the force of love in the universe. How might we lift up this force of love, this spirit of Jesus? Well, I'll tell you one thing, you don't do it on your own. We do not do it on our own. Wouldn't it be great if we could go out to some cave someplace up on the coast? Just do it on our own? doesn't happen like that. It has to happen. God calls it to happen in community. We are a connected people. That's what Rob was talking about as a church. Through these offerings. We affirm that we are a connected people. You lift up. That's our theme this morning, right? We're lifted up in love and solidarity by creating... Peaceful communities. Got to ask you this, side note. How many peaceful communities are there in the world? How many truly peaceful communities are there in the world? We talk about peace all the time. You might have taken a college on peacemaking, a class in college on peacemaking. But I wonder, where are there really communities passing on peace to each and every generation and each and every person. I've got a book i got to recommend to you. I'm I'm going to be a a bookseller. Go down to Gallery Books and get this book, The Plateau. I had heard this story. The story of The Plateau was passed on to me as a young person. It's totally inspiring. This is a new telling of it. And the author, Maggie Paxson, a wonderful sociologist, a wonderful leader in sociology, she observes, quote, when we study peace, it's always in a context of war or slavery or retribution. Paxson, the sociologist and descendant of Holocaust victims and survivors, wonders, quote, are there communities that teach us peace over the long haul? Max. 
Maggie uh, uh, Paxson in her book, The Plateau, describes one such community that was celebrated after World War II by Israel for their sacrificial protection of children and anybody who would come to their community who would otherwise have been murdered systematically by the Nazis. Paxson tells the story of La Chambon, a small village on a plateau in southern France that protected Jews, gypsies, frankly anyone seeking asylum during World War II. They were only one of two communities honored by Israel, recognized for the fact that they had systematically protested Nazi policies as a community. You've heard that story in history classes, oh, if only everybody had risen up and stood against the Nazis. Well, this is one place that actually did. They were steadfast in their harboring of all refugees. Did they suffer for it? Yes. Did many die in La Chambon for their uh, solidarity for those being killed and, and also persecuted? Of course. One of the many names that you hear associated with the resistance in La Chambon was a minister named Andre Trocmel. Yet let us not forget that his wife Susie Trocme and all the other women in La Chambon. Let us remember that the community leadership was largely women. Why? Because the men had all gone off to fight in the war. It was the women who, through the power of Christ, Catholic, Protestant, who had the strength to risk everything to lift up the good news that all are God's children. You see, Susie and others had been inspired and taught by the generations that came before them. You see, La Chambon was not a miracle limited to just one particular time of Nazi occupation between 1941 and 1945. La Chambon was a place of peace that had a history of practicing peace. Again, Paxson in this book notes how rare this is in the history that a community will over the centuries develop practices of peacemaking. Whether it was harboring Huguenots or Protestants in the 1780s or hiding priests in the 1800s during the French Revolution or whether hiding Eastern, Eastern, you know, uh, uh, Polish or Jew or Gypsy from Hitler. Washambone had made the peace of Jesus Christ a part of their way of life. In 1942, if you walked down the streets, people weren't asking, are you a Jew? Are you a uh, Catholic? Are, are you a Protestant? Are, are, are you a Gypsy? They didn't ask those questions. You know what they did? They just took you into their house. They would go to the concentration camps in France. Let us not forget that those who died in Auschwitz, they were first held in consecration camps in France. And so the Red Cross and other agencies would go to these camps and they would identify children and they would sneak them out. And where would they take them? They would take them to the plateau. Everybody knew where they were going. It was a not so you know secret you know secret. Get to the plateau if you're a young person. One girl she biked all the way from Holland, all the way from Holland and Amsterdam, all the way across France, and she ended up in southern France. 
Thanks be to God, there was an A worker there who got her to La Chambon and she was saved. They lifted up the cross that says to death, these people, these people, they're safe with me. We love them. They lifted up the love of Jesus that says to the violent ones, our path and our plan has been written by God and you shall not change it. No accommodation for violence, even if violence is brought upon me. Our story says, lift up the Son of Man who came down to love all people. Our story says, lift up the Son of God who lives for others. Our story says, share your gifts and your resources, even share your life for the one who gives us everything, including life itself. Do not be troubled. Do not be troubled in this world of war and warfare. There is a way to practice peace. There is a way to lift up justice. There is a way to embody love. Know that Jesus is lifted up. And Jesus will always be with you. Amen and amen.